My brothers and sisters in Christ, grace and peace to you from God our Father and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. There are many things, maybe you agree, maybe you disagree, but there are many good things about living in this area of the country, um, Virginia, Maryland, Washington, D.C. There's a lot of things to see, a lot of places to go, not too far away, a lot of things to do. But also one of the things that is, I guess, inevitable, part of living in this area is um, diversity. There are people of a lot of different cultures, and you hear different languages, you hear music from different places, get to eat foods. If you like different foods, you can uh, stop at the the little restaurants here and there. Um, But when you think about this diversity in this area or even in the world, I have two observations. Number one, all human beings in many ways are the same. If you talk to people for a while, no matter where they're from or where they've lived, you can kind of hear the same themes, the same struggles, the same joys in life, weddings and sicknesses, and really the experience that we all have is in so many ways very similar. The other observation, though, is this, that people really are different. (laughs) These are deep observations that I'm making here, by the way. (laughs) But we really are different. Not always better or worse, right? Just different. Um, People that come from different cultures and countries and speak different languages, not just eat food that's sometimes more spicy or less or whatever, but really, it sometimes is the whole outlook on life and attitudes and opinions and even religion. And of course, there we know there's one true God, and God has given us his word in the Bible. There's not many gods or Uh, many different words of God, okay? By God's grace, we know him, and we know his word, and because of that, kind of the theme, we are different. We, as believers in Jesus, as members of his kingdom, we are different. Not by nature. We weren't born different from anybody else but because of God's grace and because, using the words from last week, because Jesus has brought us through the narrow door into his kingdom. So we really do look at life differently in many ways. We know our eternal destiny is heaven for all eternity. And that affects the way that we look at life day by day also. We march to the beat of a different drummer, to use a phrase. In many ways, Christians swim upstream against the current of the society that we live in. And Jesus spoke about this many times in his ministry, and he speaks about it today in the gospel from Luke chapter 14 that we already listened to. He teaches us that we are different, and he teaches us 
how, what that looks like, and he reminds us that we're different if we forget about it. And he encourages us that we're different when it gets hard and the struggle gets harder. He did that at a conversation at a dinner table in the gospel reading. And I'd like to think about that. You can have the bulletin open to page 5 and 6 if you'd like to kind of follow along what we already heard. Jesus was invited by a Pharisee to his house for dinner. This is a little different, right? We're familiar that many times Jesus was invited to go and eat with sinners. But he's an equal opportunity invited guest. And so in this occasion, he's eating at the house of a Pharisee. And it's the Sabbath day, a day of rest for God's Old Testament people and for Jesus. And maybe kind of like the old, should anybody remember this? Like after church, you have a chicken dinner, uh, you know, like waiting in the oven or whatever. Or maybe now the custom is after church to go out for brunch or something. Well, it seems like they had the same thing because the Sabbath day was a day to gather and worship. And then this Pharisee invited Jesus to come over for dinner. And we hear that the people were, they had their eye on Jesus. They were watching Jesus closely. And in the verses that we skipped, verses 2 to 4, remember, notice that we skipped over. Jesus healed a man on a Sabbath day. And then he just simply asked the people, was it lawful? Was it right to do this? You probably remember, many of you, how often that that came up and Jesus was criticized for healing on the Sabbath day. So he kind of just came right out and asked them, was this right to do so? And there was silence. They didn't have anything. For once, they didn't have anything to say. And they kept watching Jesus. But then it says Jesus was watching the people. And as the guests arrived for this dinner, one by one, what did Jesus notice? They, were started, they would scurry around, and they would jockey for position, seeking a position of honor at the front of the table. Or I don't know how they arranged it, but they would look for that position of honor. Kind of like the children do when the teacher says, okay, we're going to line up soon at the door, and there's a mat. I want to be first. Or kind of like Star Wars fans, when there's a premiere of the next Star Wars movie, people will spend the night. They want to be first in line. They want to make sure they see the premiere. Or when an whatever, iPhone, iPad, or the latest thing that Apple comes out with, people will line up. They want to be the first in line to get that new item. I guess we all reckon it's human nature, right? Think first of whom? Myself. I want to be first in line. I want to be, have the position of honor. Because for me, the most important person is me. But Jesus took the opportunity and he taught them with a parable. It's kind of a teaching, a parable that if uh, you're invited to come into a banquet, don't go up and grab the position of honor. Right? Because what might happen? 
Somebody more distinguished might be invited, and when they arrive, the host will have to come and say, no, this position, this position of honor belongs to him, and you'll have to go down, down the road, down the roll, roll, not the road, but to a lesser spot. And you'll be shamed or embarrassed. But Jesus said, have a different attitude. Don't seize the position of honor. Take the lowest seat. If the guest will know when you're there, the host will know when you're there, and if it's proper and right, he'll bring you and put you where you should be. You don't have to worry about that. The host will know what to do. And instead of shame, you might receive honor. Sounds like some good, practical, solid advice for life. Because, would you all agree? That pride can make life difficult? Would you all agree that pride can make life miserable? For others, but even for ourselves. So that's why Jesus summed it up. Whoever exalts himself will be humble. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Now, some of you know that in some churches of different traditions, when Jesus says some words like this, some super poignant and important words, sometimes members of the congregation will voice their agreement by saying, Amen! Right? Sometimes preachers will even invite that. Can I get an Amen? <laughs> Right? Jesus said, whoever exalts himself will be humbled. Whoever humbles himself will be exalted. Amen, preacher. There's a lot of people that need to hear that. Can you think of one? Can you think of somebody that needs to hear that? But wait a minute. Do Pharisees need to hear Jesus' words here? Was it only meant for Pharisees? Was it only meant for unbelievers? Were Jesus' words meant for his disciples who were there with him also? And are Jesus' words meant for us also? Whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humble, humbles himself will be exalted. Humility, my brothers and sisters, humility is not a characteristic of the world that we live in, right? Public leaders, important people, rich people, famous people, applicants for a job don't get a job by going out of their way and making themselves look humble, usually. Would you agree that humility is not? In fact, I think pride is more considered a virtue in our culture than humility. Anybody remember, this, I did this a couple weeks ago, but I'm dating myself. Anybody remember the song that goes, I think it's country and western, but 
Oh, Lord, it's hard to be humble when you're perfect in every way. Does that thought ever come out of our, if not out of our mouths? Does that ever reside? Maybe we wouldn't dare say, I'm perfect. But is humility a natural characteristic of this world? And is it a natural characteristic of human beings? I, way too easily, like to say, I'm right, you're wrong. Does that ever happen in our relationships, in a marriage, at church among brothers and sisters, at work, with an extended family? Pride is part of our sinful human nature. And on our own, we don't know humility. But, You do know humility. Later today, I encourage you to go to Philippians chapter 2. The Apostle Paul says, Let this attitude be in you that was in Jesus Christ. The one who made himself nothing. Who humbled himself and gave himself, humbled himself to death. Even death on the cross. Jesus did that with no thought for himself, with no thought of what was in it for him. He did it for you and for me and for everyone. We do know humility in the person of Jesus, our Savior the one who invites us to come to him for forgiveness and salvation, and the one who invites us to come to him to be like him now, humble and generous and loving. Not to feel good about ourselves, but to imitate him. That's why we're different. Jesus loved And humility and forgiveness changes us. It affects us. It motivates us. We know who we are by nature. We know the sin that still resides in us, but we know, more importantly, that Jesus has taken that all away. We have a different kind of hope, and we have a different kind of a joy. Not dependent on circumstance. Do you ever know... (laughs) Did you ever notice that it's not the big birds that sing sweet melodies, but it's the little ones? Humility. Like the humility that Jesus showed his entire life. That's a sweet melody to God. Humility doesn't mean to think less of yourself. 
especially for believers who know we are loved by our Heavenly Father and who have been redeemed by our Savior Jesus. Humility doesn't mean to think less of yourself. It just means think of yourself less. And to put your eyes and thoughts and mind on Jesus who gave up everything for you, for me, and for our salvation. And for a very good reason. Jesus did not come to earth to teach good manners or etiquette or protocol, right? Not to save faith or to help us to save faith or to give us a little bit of honor. Jesus didn't even come so that we might live good Christian lives. You see where I'm going with this? Jesus came to be our Savior. Let me illustrate with this. What if the world were full of humble people? Would it be a little different? Yes? Now, what if the world were full of humble people who didn't know Jesus? Would the world be a little different? But would it matter all that much eternally? See where I'm going? Jesus' words about humility, not, they're not just good practical advice for us to get along with each other, and certainly they're not for us to be proud about how humble we are. Jesus knows that pride is destructive in our relationships with others, but more importantly, in our relationship with him. Do you remember the parable that Jesus told about the Pharisee and the tax collector? The Pharisee who entered into church and his prayer was, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like others because of what I do and who I am. While the tax collector came into church, he wouldn't even lift up his eyes, but he said, Lord, have mercy on me, a sinner. How did Jesus conclude? With a question. Which of the two went home justified, forgiven, with salvation? It was the big sinner who knew he was a sinner and who pleaded with God for mercy. Jesus knows that pride can be an obstacle in our relationship with him. And so he reminds us, whoever exalts himself will be humbled, but whoever humbles himself will be exalted. And then Jesus, one, there's an extra add-on here. He turned to the host, the Pharisee who had invited the people, who gave out the invitation. And he said, when you invite someone, don't invite your friends, the rich, the famous, the ones who will repay you. Invite the poor, the needy, the sick. Even though they can't repay you. Even though no one might see it. Even though no one will even thank you for it. Just humbly show that charity, that love, 
Keep on doing good. No thought, no need for payback. 50-50, quarter, quarter. You keep doing good for Jesus' sake. And you will be repaid at the resurrection of the righteous. A number of years ago, um, there was a white, upper-class woman from South Africa. She got on a plane and took her seat. And a minute or so later, a black man, also from South Africa, came on the plane and sat down next to her. Immediately, she was moved to emotion, and she called for a flight attendant. And when the flight attendant came, she protested. How is it possible that someone so decent and respectful and honorable has to sit next to someone so repulsive? The flight attendant said, I'm sorry, ma'am. I believe the flight is full, but let me see. And she went up front, and then she came back, and she announced, there's one seat still up in first class. And then she turned to the black man and said, sir, would you mind following me? Would you mind moving up to first class? No one should have to sit next to someone so repulsive. Pride and a lack of humility is a repulsive sin. Who needs to hear that? I do. We all do. Who needs to hear these words of Jesus? I, not just one. It's amazing because a person who has no faith in Jesus can hear one time the good news about Jesus and the Holy Spirit can create faith and change that person's life forever. Nevertheless, the words of encouragement, of instruction from Jesus, I need to hear them every single day because it's a constant struggle with my own sinful nature. Pride in my relationship with Jesus, my Savior, not only might bring a little shame, but could cut me off. Okay? Jesus' words, they, maybe they could ruffle feathers, maybe they could bruise egos, maybe they leave a wound, but they're wounds of a friend who loves enough to say the hard truth. And Jesus backed up the truth with his love, his humility, and his charity. Not just good practical advice for today, but a divine blessing. Salvation for all of eternity. That's what makes us different. Jesus. Let's bow our heads and pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for sending Jesus, our humble and yet generous Savior. We thank you for his humility, seen in his selfless sacrifice of himself on the cross.
Lord, remove pride from our heart. Replace it with humility. And then tomorrow, do it again. And day by day, through your word, through your gospel, continue to mold and shape and change us, not only for this life, but more importantly, to keep us in a humble and saving faith in Jesus our Savior. It's in his name that we ask this. Amen. May the peace of God that goes beyond all understanding may keep your hearts and your minds through faith in Christ Jesus. Amen.